Last week, the capital of Ukraine was the place to be for foreign leaders. Moldovan, Latvian, Swiss and Lithuanian leaders, as well as the President of the European Council, paid visits to Ukraine. The United States and Germany defense ministers presented Ukraine with new military aid packages. You are listening to the podcast Explain Ukraine. The Explain Ukraine podcast is produced by Ukraine World, an English-language website about Ukraine. My name is Volodymyr Yermolenko. I'm a Ukrainian philosopher, journalist and chief editor of Ukraine World. I invite you to a regular conversation between my colleagues Anastasia Heresimchuk and Darya Sinhaevska, journalist and analyst at Ukraine World, who analyzed key events in and around Ukraine during the last week. Let me remind you that Ukraine World is brought to you by Internews Ukraine, one of the largest Ukrainian media NGOs. Let me also remind you that you can support our work at patreon.com slash ukraineworld. We provide exclusive content for our patrons. You can also support our volunteer trips to the front lines at paypal, ukraine.resistinggmail.com. You can find these links in the description of this episode. Last week was full of important diplomatic events, yet the developments on the front lines also remain in our focus. Dasha, let's share with our listeners the key events in and around Ukraine over the past week. Could you enlist the topics on which we are going to shed light today, please? Yes, as always. So today we are going to share some updates from the frontline developments, as you said. Also, Austin's, Michelle's, Rinkevich's, Simonita's visits to Ukraine and their multi-purposeness will be highlighted. Uh, we will also uncover the results of Rammstein meeting and Ukraine's voice on the world scale. And um, traditionally, I want to start with developments on the front line. So basically, the Russian army has been attempting to advance in several frontline areas since October. In the Bakhmut sector, the occupiers are trying to recapture the liberated Klishivka and Andreevka, uh, stop the advance of the Ukrainian armed forces in the Kurdyumovka area with the counterattacks and increased pressure north of Bakhmut near the um, Berkhiv Reservoir. We see active hostilities south of Bakhmut, which are aimed at cutting off the main enemy communications on the ledge. Um, this is the T0513 road and the M03 road. And the threat here is not for the place that's once called the city of Bakhmut, but the threat is actually for the Solidar ledge, which is very beneficial in terms of creating another threat uh, for the Slavyansk Kramatorsk uh, agglomeration. And recently, Volodymyr Fityo, the head of the Army's Public Relations Service, said on the national telethon that um, the occupiers have also become more active in the Kupiansk direction in Kharkiv Oblast and are trying to find weaknesses in the defense there. Uh, Kupiansk itself is not um, far from the border with Russia and it is about 70 kilometers to uh, Valukim, which is Russia's main military hub through which they move uh, a sufficient amount of forces and equipment by rail. Uh, it is the shortest logistical hub, so it's more convenient for them to launch an offensive against Kupiansk there. 
in the devastated industrial city of uh, Avdiivka in eastern Ukraine, the Ukrainian armed forces are trying to avoid encirclement as a result of multilateral Russian um, offensive, which is, uh, I, I should recall, the largest and the only coordinated once um, the start of the full-scale invasion. Uh, some 500 kilometers to the southwest, something else is happening. Ukrainians are forcing the Dnipro River. For almost several weeks now, Ukrainian marines and other units have been holding a position in a swampy area along the eastern bank of uh, Dnipro River, repelling attacks by Russian paratroopers and uh, frequent fighter and um, artillery strikes. This week, uh, one of the Russian military bloggers reported a second Ukrainian foothold uh, upriver. On the left bank of the Dnipro River in uh, Kherson Oblast, the Ukrainian armed forces have managed to form several bridgeheads. As a result, the occupiers are forced to retreat and regroup, as well as to move their additional formations there. And it is still a long way to go to create operational uh, footholds. However, the ones already held by the Ukrainian armed forces were created to push back the enemy's artillery line and, uh, well, just for the safety of the oblast uh, residents. As far as Russia needs good news from the front line to prepare their election campaign, it only has a good scolding for now, but it has once again resorted to uh, shelling civilians. And on the night of uh, 25th of November, Russia launched a record number of drones against Ukraine, about uh, 75. And it was on the commemoration day of the Holodomor victims that the occupiers launched one of the most massive attacks on the capital. As a result of a massive drone attack, Ukrainian Greek Catholic Church kindergarten and uh, multi-story houses were damaged. And moving to the diplomatic dimension of our resistance, last week was marked by Ukraine's partners' defense ministry's uh, visits to Kiev. And we are talking about Lloyd Austin, the U.S. Minister of Defense, and Boris Pistorius, the uh, German Minister of Defense. Uh, these visits have direct uh, connection to strengthening Ukraine's capabilities. So uh, on the 20th of November, uh, the uh, U.S. Defense Minister Lloyd Austin came uh, to Kiev with an announced visit, and uh, he arrived together with Christopher Cavoli, uh, commander of the U.S. European Command. And first, let's discuss the details of the visit and then what it means. So meetings, uh, so um, the uh, U.S. Minister of Defense met with the President of Ukraine, Zelensky, with the Minister of Defense, Merov, and the Commander-in-Chief of, Ukrainian, of the Ukrainian Armed Forces, Zaluzhny. And uh, as it's uh, logical and natural, their main topics uh, of discussion was the situation on the front lines. They also talked about what Ukraine needs on the battlefield. And um, on more strategical level, they discussed common plans uh, in the defense sector and in the military sphere, which means that the level of strategic cooperation between Ukraine and the USA gets deeper. Uh, Lloyd Austin also reassured uh, that the USA is committed to supporting Ukraine in its immediate and long-term needs. 
And as a result of his visit, uh, he announced the new military aid package for Ukraine worth $100 million. This military aid package includes uh, Stingers, High Mars multiple rocket launchers with ammunition, 155 and 105 millimeters artillery shells, uh, TOW missiles, anti-tank complexes, Javelin and 84 uh, cartridges, and and more and much more. And this visit has both practical and symbolic meaning. Uh, regarding the practical, uh, I've already mentioned the uh, the new military aid package, and it's not the only one thing. Uh, talking about other things, uh, first it is it was a powerful signal that the USA keeps supporting Ukraine and remains faithful to its commitments um, to support Ukraine despite the turbulence in domestic politics. Uh, the House of Representatives still hasn't voted for the aid package for Ukraine, and amid these problems, uh, and more amid these uh, political turbulence, Russian propaganda is uh, spreading the narrative that the USA is tired of Ukraine, that uh, the USA is uh, is uh, cutting help to Ukraine. So this visit was very uh, important in the context uh, of uh, these political uh, problems and it, it was also very important not to let Russian propaganda uh, spread this narrative and to show the uh, that it is false indeed. And uh, it, it, it was also an important symbol that Russia has nothing to hope for, that the U.S. help, uh, the U.S. assistance to Ukraine, despite the problems, uh, will, uh, will remain. We are not talking about details here, but the most important is that uh, the U USA keeps uh, standing uh, together with Ukraine. Uh, and the other re reason uh, why it was important, uh, this visit was important, it happened uh, just before the next, uh, the another uh, Rammstein format meeting. Uh, so um, the U.S. Minister of Defense could uh, come to Ukraine to coordinate actions before this meeting uh, to understand uh, and to know from first hand what Ukraine needs uh, what weaponry, what uh, means to continue uh, the um, combats with Russians, what we really need. So for uh, the USA, it's important to keep contacts and to find out about these needs uh, from, the, uh, from the Ukrainian officials and uh, to, to know about it directly. He also brought his team with him, which means that the meeting with, uh, meetings with the Ukrainian command that took place uh, were also aimed at uh, further strategic planning of, uh, of uh, the combat actions. Yes. And there was also a political dimension, a geopolitical dimension of it. Uh, the U.S. Uh, was, it means that the U.S. is not going to step back in the global leadership. And uh, Biden, President Biden expressed uh, the idea some time ago, he expressed the idea that you, the victory of Ukraine corresponds to the U.S. national interests. And uh, such visits, visits of this level, they also demonstrate uh, such ideas in practice. And um, what I wanted to say is that Ukraine indeed belongs in the European family. 
and uh, a remarkable feature of the family is its supportiveness. And um, basically, the president of the European Council, Charles Michel, arrived in Ukraine on the 10th anniversary of the Revolution of Dignity. And uh, that's the reason I'm mentioning this event now when uh, UNESCO told us about a diplomatic front, because, well, basically, the head of the European Council visited us to commemorate uh, the Maidan protests that began on 21st of November back in 2013, after former Ukrainian President Viktor Yanukovych refused to sign the association agreement with the European Union. The visit comes ahead of the European Council summit in mid-December, where EU leaders will discuss the European Commission's recommendation to start formal negotiations uh, with um, Ukraine. But uh, when we talk about Revolution of Dignity, we must understand that um, activists gathered for the first time on Maidan Nezalezhnosti uh, that evening after the brutal beating of students, the protest grew into the Revolution of Dignity with its specific values, values of justice and the rule of law. And uh, the social and political changes that followed would be called the Revolution of Dignity. And as President Zelensky said, in the 10 years since the beginning of the Maidan, Ukrainians have overcome a significant part of our journey to the EU. The whole uh, Europe uh, has believed in Ukraine and understood Ukraine. Uh, Ukrainians were able to guarantee the whole Europe the preservation of freedom. And we have proved that Ukraine is um, a democratic a European state. And um, talking about diplomatic support, we should not um, underestimate, over, not, um, I would rather say that we should not overestimate um, another important event, uh, Latvian president uh, Edgar Srinkevichus paid an unannounced visit in Ukraine to Ukraine on uh, 24th of November. Uh, he visited uh, several facilities in Chernihiv Oblast that are being rebuilt with uh, Latvian funds and met with um, Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky to discuss bilateral relations and support from the EU and NATO. And uh, Lithuanian Prime Minister Ingrida Shimonita also arrived in Ukraine on uh, 24th of November to pay respects to the men and women who sacrificed their lives defending the most fundamental rights of a nation, and that is to exist and to live in freedom. And Prime Minister stressed that the only way to achieve a lasting and just peace is to help Ukraine win as soon as possible, restore its full territorial integrity, establish international justice and rebuild it so that it becomes stronger. And um, earlier, by the way, on the 10th anniversary of the beginning of the Revolution of Dignity, Shimonita stressed that the EU family is incomplete without Ukraine. And as far as I know, it's not just Ukraine's courage in countering the aggressor that impresses the world. The BBC has published a list of 100 women from all over the world whose voice are most vivid, vivid, we can say so. So will you pick that, Nastya? Uh, sure. Uh, every every year, uh, BBC reveals its list of 100 inspiring and influential women from all over the world. And this year, three Ukrainian women were included in this list. 
it is important to know about them. Ukraine has many faces that make makes its uh, character. Uh, and for almost two years, the warriors' face of Ukraine dominates. Um, of course, the topic of the war is the most important, and no tiredness should shift our focus from it. Uh, but despite uh, the current conditions, Ukraine is not only about the war. And knowing about these women is important to know another faces of Ukraine. So who are these women? The first um, one is Oksana Zabushko. She is a writer, a uh, famous Ukrainian writer. Uh, and uh, she created more than 20 literary works, uh, which include novels, poems, essays. And her books are translated into 20 languages. Uh, and uh, there are two novels that brought her international popularity and that uh, they are famous all around the world. These are novels uh, called Fieldwork in Ukrainian Sex and the Museum of Abandoned Secrets. Uh, so if if you are interested in uh, finding out, in discovering Ukrainian literature, you can uh, read Zabushka's books and understand why uh, her literary works are so important. Another uh, person is Irina Stavchuk. She is a climate policy advisor, and um, now she's a leading expert on climate policies. Uh, she has recently joined the European Climate Foundation as the Ukrainian program manager. And uh, her aim, uh, her main aim in her activity is uh, to design green and climate-proof solutions uh, to uh, recover Ukraine after the war. Uh, so uh, her endeavor, uh, her uh, idea is not only about recovering Ukraine, but to do it in the most sustainable and green way, uh, using new technology and uh, making huge steps forwards in this sphere. Uh, before taking this role, she worked for the Ukrainian government. She was a deputy, the deputy environment minister, and she was responsible for climate change policies. Uh, and uh, she's also, what is very important, she's also a co-founder of two uh, famous and very important uh, environmental NGOs in Ukraine. It's Eco, Eco Action and Kiev Cyclists Association. So uh, she has coordinated regional networks of uh, the civil society um, working groups on climate change issues. And the third uh, woman, Ukrainian woman in this list is uh, Olena uh, Rozvadovska. She is a Ukrainian children's rights activist. And her activity is extremely important, especially nowadays. She, her mission is help to help Ukrainian children process war trauma. And um, having this aim in her head, uh, having understanding the importance of psychological support for children, uh, she has become a co-founder co of a charity, uh, the name of which is The Voice of Children. So uh, the organization started back in 2019 uh, when the war was already ongoing. Uh, Russia invaded Ukraine in 2014. So this initiative uh, began in, 2000, in 2019. And currently, the foundation has more than a hundred psychologists. They work in they work in fourteen centers, and they also have a free hotline. 
so uh, the foundation helped tens of thousands of children and their parents, which is extremely important uh, under the conditions of war. And she took part in the Oscar-nominated documentary, A House Made of Splinters, and also published a book together with her team. Uh, its name is War Through the Voices of Children. And uh, diverting our attention uh, from uh, topics less concentrated of war back to uh, things of more strategic importance, uh, there was another important visit uh, to Ukraine. And here I am again talking about the uh, defense ministers. And it is very important to know that uh, on uh, the 21st of November, not only the uh, European leaders uh, came to Ukraine, uh, I mean, not only the heads of states, but also the German Minister of Defense. Uh, he also took part in the commemoration of the uh, victims of um, Yanukovych regime. Uh, but uh, he also conducted, uh, carried on several important meetings. Uh, his aim of visit was to demonstrate uh, German support to Ukraine and to see if German support is sufficient and effective. So he wanted to see with his own eyes how uh, well the German uh, military aid uh, works in Ukraine and what, what should be uh, done, what else should be done. Uh, so he met with the president of Ukraine, with the uh, minister of defense, and he also visited training center where he met with the Ukrainian military. Um, Pistorius, uh, Boris Pistorius, announced a new military aid package as well. So Ukraine received a new military aid package, not only from the United States of America, but from Germany. And this package is worth uh, 1,300,000,000 euros. And among other things, it includes the uh, means to strengthen Ukraine's air defense. Namely, um, namely, it includes four further IRST uh, um, air defense systems, 155 millimeter shells, anti-tank missiles, and many other things. Also, uh, Boris Pistorius expressed his satisfaction that German uh, was able to find another Patriot system for Ukrainian air defense, defense so Ukraine will receive another uh, Patriot system uh, to strengthen its air defense very soon. And um, the uh, during his meetings with Ukrainian officials, so of course, they discussed the situation on the front lines, but also another important topics. And uh, this discussion was uh, connected with what uh, is Ukrainian uh, main goal in the defense sector, defense production se sector. It is a joint cooperation, joint uh, production of weapons. Uh, so the joint production of weaponry together with Germany was one of the topics that was discussed during this meeting. And uh, continuing the topic of uh, military and defense, the uh, visits of the American and the German um, ministers of defense took place uh, before the uh, next Trumpstein format meetings. So it is also very important to understand that their, their uh, visits to Kiev were... Um, also about uh, finding out about the needs of Ukrainian army. And on the 22nd of November, the 17th uh, meeting in the Rammstein format was held. 
and the participants, the representatives of ministries of defense from 50 countries were present. And as a result of the meeting, a new ground-based uh, ground air defense coalition was formed. Uh, so... Uh, at the previous Ramstein format meetings, uh, there were some coalitions formed uh, and um, countries, uh, the participants of this format are free to choose if to join these coalitions or not. And a new one was created, which is focused on strengthening the uh, ground-based air defense. And this coalition is already joined by 20 countries and Germany and France have become um, its leaders. Uh, there is uh, another uh, very important coalition active. It is the IT coalition. And Estonia, as the leader of this coalition, is planning to provide the, its activities with half a million dollars. And it is already in addition to Luxembourg's uh, 10 euro million, million commitment. Uh, the Netherlands has prepared 2 billion euros for military aid to Ukraine and within the activities of the Maritime Coalition, Britain and Norway are going to look for ways to strengthen the security in the Black Sea. And the Minister of Defense of Ukraine, Rustem Omerov, uh, invited other defense ministers to Ukraine. Uh, uh, he told that it is very effective when the ministers come to Ukraine and can make sure that the uh, partners' aid is being used very effectively and it gives results on the ground. Uh, he also sent several important um, political messages and he told that Ukraine's victory will be a clear signal for dictatorships. And he told that the signal, that it will be the signal that the crime of aggression will be pun punished. Uh, and uh, also, uh, since the strengthening of uh, defense capabilities and uh, strengthening the military production, weapons production in Ukraine is one of the most important uh, topics in Ukraine, he um, put his emphasis on the cooperation with our partners in this sphere. And uh, he told that Ukraine is working on creating a powerful military industrial complex. So these are all news for today. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for listening to us. And uh, we will tell you more interesting news the next week. <laughs>